Welcome to Living Life, the radio broadcast ministry of Emmanuel Baptist Church in Benton, Illinois. Our desire is to live love to God, to others, and the nations. We hope this week's broadcast will bless and encourage you. Now, let's dive into God's Word and see how we can live love today. If you have a Bible, and I hope that you do, turn with me to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9, and we're going to kick off in verse number 14. This morning we're looking at the question, how do we continue in our faith? How how do we live in our faith when our situation is desperate? Well, I think in order to live out our faith when our situation is desperate is that we need to understand that things don't always go our way. It begins with us understanding, with us realizing that if we're going to live out our faith in desperate situations, we begin by knowing that things aren't always going to go the way that we plan for them to go. Look at verse number 14 of chapter 9. It says, and when they came to the disciples, when Jesus, Peter, James, and John came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them and scribes arguing with them. Now, the people the scribes are arguing with are the disciples that were still at the base of the mountain. They were still down there while Jesus and the three were up on the mountain. And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him. And he asked them, What are you arguing about with them? And whenever it, excuse me, it says verse 17, and and someone from the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought my son to you for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out and they were not able. So that's the situation that Jesus is walking into. Peter, James, John, Jesus come down off the mountain and as they do so, they walk in upon chaos. While Jesus and those three were up on the mountain, the other disciples continued to do ministry. They, they continued to, to, to care for or attempt to care for those around them. But if you think through the book of Mark, Jesus tended to, tend to encounter three types of people. He encountered the Pharisees, the scribes, the people who were willing to cause a stir, willing to have an argument. He encountered the crowd. Think of the feeding of the 5,000, the feeding of the 4,000. Everywhere Jesus went, people wanted to be around him. But also he encountered that third group of people, the people that were just desperate for Jesus' touch. People that needed to have their eyes open. People who needed to have their bones healed. People who needed to um, be able to speak Finally, people who need to be healed from some kind of um, long-standing infirmities, people that needed to be raised from the dead. Jesus encountered those people, encountered the scribes who argued, the crowd who followed, those who were just desperate for his touch. And Jesus walks into a situation where all three of those people were around. All of them are, are wanting his presence, but they didn't have his presence. Instead, they had the other disciples. And they had the other disciples who were going about doing ministry, but were doing so without Jesus being present. Understand at this point, what are the disciples lacking that we don't lack today? The Spirit, absolutely. Here in this moment, when Jesus was not around them, they're they're, they're operating under what they have been taught, but they don't have the constant presence of the Spirit much different from today. 
Church, we are never absent from God. And God is never absent from us. If you're a follower of Jesus, God is with you. And you always have him to tap into. But here in this moment, things are not going as planned. You have the disciples. We don't know what they were arguing about. Jesus tried to get down to it. Remember in verse number 16, it says, he asked them, what are you arguing about with them? What is, what is it that is taking place? And we don't know what they were arguing about. We don't have an answer there. What we do know is that the disciples were trying to minister to people. They were trying to care for people. And in doing so, that elicited the, the, the conversation with the scribes as they were needling the disciples in much the same way that they liked to needle Jesus. Except my guess is when it came to the disciples, they were able to get a lot further, able to get under their skin a lot easier than they were Jesus. See, Jesus always had the right answer, and many times his answer was not an answer at all. What was his answer? His answer was a question. Jesus had the, the uncanny ability, the God-given ability, because he was God himself, of being able to turn a, a question on someone and ask them a much deeper at the heart kind of question. The disciples hadn't figured that out yet. They hadn't learned that. And, and they're expected to care for people. Remember in Mark chapter 6, Jesus called the 12 and began to send them out two by two and, and gave them authority to heal people. That's, this wasn't the first time they'd been called to do so. But as they're trying to minister to people, things just aren't going as planned. And how often does that happen in our lives? As we try to care for people around us, as we try to do the ministry that God has set before us, yet we struggle to do so. We find ourselves in difficult situations. And in those situations, it is very easy to start to operate out of our own talents and gifting instead of defaulting to God. We, we say things like, no, 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 I've got this. I can, I can figure this one out. Do we have any fixers in the room? Like you just, you know, if you, you could just spend enough time, if you could spend enough energy, surely you could make it work. That's not how it was working here. But you know, the disciples aren't the only ones where things aren't going their way. Jesus asked the simple question, hey, what are you arguing about? But before anyone can get an answer out, someone interjects into the conversation. And it's a father. And I believe it is a father who is completely desperate because of the situation that he finds himself in. If you are a parent or ever have been, you know the desperation that is so much greater when it doesn't have anything to do with you but has something to do with your kids. It, it, it wells up this desire to... to to blow the dirt off the wound, to clean it out, to tell your quid, kid to quit crying, they're going to be fine. No, I'm just, that was just a little confession moment. You want them so badly to not hurt. And that is the situation this father has found himself in. It's not the way that he wanted things to go. No, he comes up to Jesus and he says, teacher, he's being respectful. I brought my son to you for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. 
I asked your disciples to cast him out, but they were not able to. He is desperate. Things are not going his way. If we're going to live out our faith, continue in our faith when our situation is desperate, we need to understand that we will go through times in life where things don't go our way. But not only that, it's just not enough to understand that we'll find ourselves in difficult times, that we'll find ourselves in difficult situations. No, when we do so, when we are trying to live out our faith in the midst of desperation, we must never stop growing in our faith. Faith is a journey. It is not a one-time event. Yes, there is a time in your life, if you're a follower of God, where in faith you cry out to God for him to save you. God is very clear in his word that we are saved by grace through faith. But if you're a follower of God, you have not been called to have a one-time faith. No, you have called to live a life of faithfulness. Faithfulness to God and church, it is a journey. Verse number 19 says, And Jesus answered them, not the, not the man there, and really he's not talking to his disciples, but just those in general as they are listening. He answered them, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. They brought the boy to him, and when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy. He fell on the ground, rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And it has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. You ever found yourself in that situation? God, I believe, but help me when I don't believe. Church, this is kind of a side note. May we never be a place that the first thing out of our mouth when people are going through a difficult situation is, why aren't you believing enough? May that never come out of our mouth. Because if Jesus in the presence of this man is able to hear the words, I believe, help my unbelief, and still respond, should we not be the same way when people say those same words? When Jesus saw that a crowd came Running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out, and the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. Church, if we were to continue in our faith, live with faith when our situation is desperate, it is imperative that we never stop growing in our faith. That we never stop walking this journey of faith. See, I think there are three groups of people, the three groups that are kind of lumped into this situation here. Jesus isn't even addressing the scribes. He has all kinds of other things that he has to deal with them with. 
And I think the people that need to grow in their faith that we see in this situation are the disciples need to continue to grow in their faith. In Jesus' absence, they were so well-intentioned in wanting to care for people around them. But I believe in doing so, they found a situation that was spiraling out of control because it was spiraling out of their control. They were trying to handle the situation. They were trying to do everything that they could to minister to people around them, yet they were not able to do so. They believed. They were followers of Jesus, but they needed to continue in their faith. And one of the beauties of the Gospels is that we see just a real-life look into the lives of people who struggle in their journey of following after Jesus, but they don't stop the journey. See, here in this situation, the disciples are struggling to live out their faith the way that they really need to. But it's these same disciples who, by the time the story has been written, all but one of those disciples would have given their lives for Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? Like, we know the end of their story. These disciples who in this moment are struggling out of their own ability or their own inability to minister to people, at the end of the day, when all is said and done, after the crucifixion, after the resurrection, after Jesus ascends into heaven, these disciples continue to live for Jesus, and in doing so, all but one of them will lay down their life for the gospel. The only one that's not lumped into that category is Judas, who's who gives up his own life. Because remember, John's on the mountain. John wasn't part of the situation. He wasn't part of the chaos. Now, if we're going to continue in our faith when our situation is desperate, we must never stop growing in our faith, and disciples needed to continue to grow in their faith. But the disciples weren't the only ones. The, The crowd needed to begin their faith journey. Jesus tells them, oh, faithless generation, verse number 19, how long am I going to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? See, the crowd was in it for the moment. The crowd was in it for the, for the excitement. They were, they were walking along with Jesus as long as things were going well. But remember, when things got difficult, where did the crowd go? The crowd went away. And sometimes it wasn't just because things were getting difficult. Sometimes it was because Jesus was saying difficult things. I don't know if that was like a text from God saying you said that wrong. (laughs) Hopefully not. (laughs) Man, if y'all know me, the squirrels are running. (laughs) I'm ready to chase them. You ever heard somebody say, I would just like for God to come down and ride on the wall? You know he only did that once, and it was bad news. Don't say that. Um, that was the squirrel. I think I'm refocused. The disciples needed to grow in their faith. The crowd needed to begin a faith journey. They were there just for the lickies and chewies. They were just there for the fun. They were there for the excitement. 
but their faith was conditional. As things got difficult, they, they tended to run away. Or, or when Jesus said difficult things, remember in John chapter 6, the crowd almost gets too big. Jesus, uh, David Platt, in his book Radical, um, he almost tells the story like he's looking around going, man, there's just a lot of people walking around here. Maybe they need a hard conversation. And he tells them, he said, hey, listen, at the end of the day, you need to drink my blood. You need to eat my flesh if you're going to follow after me. And people just are completely repulsed by Jesus so they leave. They, they walk away. They're like, man, we can't, we can't be a part of this. This is too difficult for us. It's almost like Jesus is looking around going, the crowd's too big. I need to get rid of some people. And you can almost see his disciples sitting there going, this is not how to grow a church. They were there for the fun. They were there for the excitement. They were there for the moment. But when the moment was gone, their faith was fleeting. It went away so quickly Church, if we're going to live our faith in desperate situations, we can't be like the crowd. No, we need to be on a faith journey. I don't believe they were on the faith journey. But we see another individual who needs to grow in their faith. And it's the father who needs to grow in his faith. Think of this story. So, so the, the father comes up to Jesus. Jesus asks the question, hey, what are y'all arguing about? The father in his desperation has no time to listen for the answer. No, he interrupts. He says, hey, teacher, my son is mute. My, my child is mute. And he's, he's been possessed by an unclean spirit. And when this spirit overtakes him, he falls on the ground, he foams at the mouth, he grinds his teeth, and he convulses. I brought him to your disciples, but they were not able to do anything about it. Jesus asks them, hey, how long has this been going on? And the father says, from childhood. See, not only does he go through situations to where he falls down on the ground, grinding his teeth and convulsing. No, sometimes the spirit will cast my child into the fire, will cast my son into the water, trying to destroy him. If you can do anything, please help us. And I want you to see the desperation through my, or, or beyond my inflection. I realize I'm reading this with a desperate voice, but the words are desperate enough. This unclean spirit is trying to kill my child. If you can do anything, please help us. And, and church, that's, that's not that bad of a prayer to pray. Except we kind of need to tweak it a little bit. Because listen to Jesus' response. What did Jesus response? He emphatically response, responded, if you can. What do you mean if you can? Of course I can. You wouldn't have come to me if I couldn't. But he puts it in the Father's court. Remember, at the end of the day, Jesus didn't come just to heal people. He didn't come to see spirits cast out of those that were being inflicted. He, he, didn't, he didn't come to people that needed to um, walk again, that, that needed to, to see again. That wasn't Jesus' mission. What was Jesus' mission? To seek and to save lost people. That was his mission. And so even at the end of the day where someone is struggling with something physically, Jesus is wanting to engage them at a deeper level. He says, if you can, seriously, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. And the father's response is beautiful. It says, immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe. 
but help my unbelief. Church, I believe that is a prayer of sincerity. In a world to where we are bombarded with unreal answers, this is a real answer. He's like, Jesus, I believe. But there's part of me that doesn't believe. Do you be- Ryan Casey talked about this last Sunday. It was, it was incredible. We, we, there's, it's one thing to, to pray the prayer of faith. It's another thing entirely different to pray a prayer of faith believing that God can do it. Those are two very different things. Anyone can say the words, but do you believe it in your deepest core? To where you default to God to help us. And note here, he does not say, hey, listen, I will believe as long as my son is restored. He doesn't say that. He just says, I believe. Help me with my unbelief. Because at the end of the day, it is difficult. This is just, it's just me being completely real with you. It is difficult to maintain our faith when we find ourselves in desperate situations. It, it is. It is so easy to default to what we know, to what we can do when we find ourselves in a desperate situation. But that's not what God wants for us. No, he wants something more. He wants for us to find ourselves in a desperate situation, willing to cry out to him and say, God, I believe you, but I need you to help me with the parts of my life that don't. And Jesus' response is beautiful. He sees the crowd starting to run together. They're they're looking to see what's going to take place. This man has just declared, I believe, but there are parts of me that struggle with my unbelief. And Jesus looks at the unclean spirit and says to him, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. I love that. He doesn't just say come out. He says come out and don't come back. It says the child convulsed, and it came out. And the boy was like a corpse. So much so, the people around him said, he's dead. No, he wasn't. Jesus reached down and took that little child's hand. And that child stood up, for he was well. Church, if we're going to live out our faith when our situations are desperate, we first need to understand that life isn't always going to go our way. And when it doesn't go our way, we must not stop growing in our faith, but continue to walk a life of faith. When will we arrive? The day we see Jesus. That's the day we arrive. Which means if your heart is still ticking, and I really hope it is, You're still on a faith journey. Keep pursuing Jesus. 
We live out our faith in desperate situations when we understand that things aren't always going to go our way. And when they do so, we never stop growing in our faith. But there's something else that we see here within this passage. How do we live with faith when our situation is desperate? Well, we live with faith in desperate situations when we remain spiritually prepared for the life that we live. After all is said and done, it says they went into a house. And his disciples asked him privately. I love this. They're like, I don't want to ask this question out loud. I'm going to ask this question to your face. Like behind closed doors. Because remember the story. The, the man brought the son to Jesus and said, hey, I asked your disciples to cast out the demon. But what? They couldn't. They asked Jesus, why could we not cast it out? Had Jesus given them the authority to do so? Absolutely. Why could we not cast it out? And this is what Jesus says. He said to him, this kind, said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. It's an interesting statement. And we could, I think we can overread into this, but let, let's just kind of let's just kind of look at it at its surface level. Where in this passage, verses 14 through 29, did we see Jesus pray? Anywhere? Nowhere. You can't read this passage and go, oh, and Jesus, you know, it wasn't like in verse number 24, immediately the father, the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that the crowd came running together, he sat down and everybody held hands and he prayed for a while. And then he rebuked the unclean spirit. That doesn't happen. We don't see that happen. And I believe that if it had happened, and Mark, we're going to put in the statement where Jesus says, hey, this kind can, cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. Mark would have let us know, hey, they prayed first, then Jesus cast out the demon. Now see, I think here's what happened. As you read through the Gospels, something very unique that we find about Jesus time and time again was his intentionality of getting away and spending time with the Father. He did it constantly. And he did it at crazy hours of the day. Now, I know some of you, you wake up at times in the day that I didn't realize were on the clock. I remember when I was at the chaplain school, we were going to go do a ruck march one morning. And uh, our small group leader said, you know, showtime was going to be like four o'clock. And someone raised their hand and said, in the morning? It was beautiful. And for my military people, you're going to love what comes out of the mouth, his mouth next. He responded and said, there's only one four o'clock in the army. Because the other one's 1,600. Don't give me that jump. If I say four, you're going to say it the right way. You're going to say zero, 400 hours. But some of us don't see that number too often. Some of you do. As we read through Scripture and as we, as we kind of understand the culture in which they live, it said Jesus often got up early to spend time with God, the Father, before the day got started. Jesus lived a life of prayer. See, I think one thing that he's telling the disciples is, hey, you tried to do this on your own. You tried to do this just out of the word-given authority that I had told you. No, you can't, you can't do things like that. You need to live a life of prayer. Paul tells us in one of his 
letters to the church at Thessalonica that we are to pray without ceasing. We're to pray always. Now that doesn't mean close your eyes, bow your heads. What he's saying is we live a life of prayerful consideration. If we are going to live with faith in desperate situations, we must be prayed up, we must be read up, we must be spiritually prepared for the life that is in front of us. Which means, church, you need Jesus day by day. Day by day, you need to spend time with God. You can't drive this one out without prayer. You must live a life focused on Jesus. You will find yourself in desperate situations. When you do so, I just hope you understand on the front end, hey, life's not always going to go your way. And when life doesn't go your way, I pray you will not stop growing in your faith, but instead continue to live a life where you are pursuing Jesus. And in doing so, the best way to pursue Jesus is to spend time with Jesus, to spend time in prayer, to spend time in his word. As Pastor Greg said, you should try it sometime. It's a good thing to do. And so, I just want you to be very honest with yourself this morning. What desperate desperate situation do you find yourself in today? And how is it impacting your faith? I, I don't know your situation, but I know who does. Thank you for joining us for this week's broadcast of Living Love. If this message has impacted you in any way, please let us know. If you would like to contact us, find out more about our church, or if you'd like to support our mission, visit ibcbenton.com. That's ibcbenton.com. Or give us a call at 618-439-3513. That's 618-439-3513.